Wow. Beautiful Gregorian chants. <clears throat> if you want to look it up on YouTube, type in Gregorian chants, angelic choir. So beautiful. Welcome back to These Are The Words. I'm Eric Grun, <clears throat> and we are continuing with our review and our <clears throat> reading of the book, The Gurus, The Young Man, and Elder Paisios. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Okay, the last section that we left off is called Accounts Given by Acquaintances. Acquaintances. <clears throat> Sorry about the frog in the throat. Not as beautiful as the chanting, I'm, I am sure. <laughs> so... Uh, um, but hopefully you can tolerate me. May God bless you with uh, infinite patience <laughs> and understanding. Okay. Lord, I just want to open it up in prayer. Father, we come before you. We come before you, Lord. It is impossible to imagine the radiance, the radiant beauty of your countenance. We long to see you face to face, Lord. Just like the countenance of Elder Paisios when the young man encountered him. I have seen that face before. One, a face of kindness, so such gentleness and kindness and eyes so so radiant and kind and sweet and loving that you know that there is immediately you recognize and know that there is more than this world than this material world <clears throat> when we find ourselves in the presence of those people who are very close to you. And Lord, we come before you and ask you to help us enter into your presence. Separate us and make us holy and help us during the times of our prayer and during the times when we read scripture, during the times when we reflect upon you, during the times when we read uh, the books of saints and other Christians, during the times when we listen to beautiful prayers being sung, no mind has imagined 
what you have in store for those who love you. And Lord, we want to love you. We want to inherit all that you have for us. We want to draw close to you. So help us draw close. And in reading this book, The Gurus, The Young Man, and Elder Paisios, help us to learn something and comprehend what you want to show us. Help us to take something away that will last us and help us to grow in wisdom and in strength and in faith. In Jesus Christ's name, your Holy Son, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Accounts given by acquaintances. One of my friends, who had known Father Paisios for many years, was in America facing some very serious problems. He wrote an urgent letter to a monk on the holy mountain requesting that he go and ask Father Paisios about three specific issues and then call him back on the phone. The monk got the letter and went straight to Father Paisios' cell. The elder let him in immediately and, <clears throat> without losing a moment, told him to start taking notes lest he forget anything. The monk did not have a chance to say why he came or who sent him the letter, <clears throat> much less to refer to the questions it raised, because Father Paisios began to answer them at once. The elder received hundreds of letters from people all over the world. Naturally, he couldn't possibly answer all of them. But even then, he knew their contents and answered them all miraculously with his prayers. For example, I knew a girl at the university, a hippie who had nothing to do with Christ or the church. In fact, she was an atheist. She and her family were facing such serious problems with finances and interpersonal relations that, in her hopelessness, she had made up her mind to commit suicide. Before taking that step, however, she decided to write a letter to a dear old monk she had heard about somewhere, even though she didn't know his address. She wrote on the envelope, Father Paisios, Holy Mountain, and thought, if it reaches him, it reaches him. Shortly thereafter, the family arguments stopped and the members of her household made peace with each other. She was taken by surprise when she realized what had happened, and this encouraged her to seek Christ. She began to live the Christian life, and ten years later, she took the great step of becoming a nun. The elder changed many lives. I once met a man who told me that he used to make a great deal of money showing pornographic films. 
he was very suspicious of Christianity. And, when he first heard about Father Paisios, he supposed that he was a, a charlatan and decided to go to Mount Athos with two of his friends to expose that monk. When they arrived, the elder received them in his yard, saying, Sit down and let me serve you something. The elder served the other two gentlemen first, and then stood in front of the first man and turned the plate upside down, letting the sweet fall in the mud. I dropped it, he said, but that doesn't matter. Pick it up and eat it anyway. The fellow was insulted. How do you expect me to eat when it's filthy? To eat it when it's filthy? The elder sternly replied, And why do you give people filth to eat? Stunned, embarrassed, and in some fear, the man got up and left, but he went back again the next day and spoke with the elder. He told me he felt then as though the ground were shifting under his feet. The conversation was brief. What am I supposed to do? he asked. The elder responded, First of all, shut down your business, then come back and talk to me again. He returned to Thessaloniki, closed the business, and began to look for new work. After about a month, he again went to speak with Father Paisios, who told him to go to confession and taught, and taught him how to put his life in order spiritually. I admired the man when I heard this. At just one call to repentance, he had changed his life and followed Christ. Just like Matthew, the tax collector in the Gospel, there are countless other instances of people whose lives have been thus changed. Simply waiting to see the elder with the other pilgrims, I would hear about their experiences with him experiences that could fill another book if they were all written down. <clears throat> the Elder's Teaching Method When I first met with Father Paisios, he spoke to me very little because my soul wasn't open to his words so that they could take root and bear fruit. Instead, he strove to create the necessary openness in my soul by praying for me. His prayer, offered from a heart of great purity, had the power to work miracles. By his prayers, I acquired knowledge and experience in the spirit, whether on Mount Athos in Thessaloniki, or wherever I might be. I could sense his prayer touching me and covering me with its ineffable sweetness and peace. I can even recall being awakened from sleep by the palpable presence of his prayers. At times, I felt his prayer approaching me softly like a gentle, fragrant breeze. Sometimes, its presence was brief. At other times, its presence was prolonged. The variety was endless. In every case, however, 
It was a spiritual reality first recognized in the depths of my soul. Only afterwards did my reason strive like a good servant to interpret and put into words the mysteries that my soul had lived. Even now my mind has difficulty explaining how the elder taught me by his prayers. During those extraordinary moments, it was hard to determine whether his prayer consisted of his thoughts directed towards me, or whether it was his, so- it was his soul actually approaching and coming into contact with my own. Perhaps there was also the presence of another person or power. One would have to be as spiritually advanced as the elder in order to give a full explanation. I can only speak about my experience within the limits of my own understanding. The elder's knowledge was knowledge from the Holy Spirit, shed abundantly in his soul. When I would sit near him, I could feel the radiance of the Spirit shining upon me and changing me. When I was far from him, far away from him, the elder's intentions would be accomplished through his prayers, which became like a channel through which God acted upon my soul, again teaching me through the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth. Of course, there are various degrees according to which people participate in the illumination that the Holy Spirit brings to the world. I had read that the vision of the uncreated light is considered to be the most exalted of such experiences. Once I had some questions about this and asked the elder about it. He told me I was praying in my cell, that is, the cell of Ipatios at Cat. Katonokia. 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 Okay. (laughs) Apologies for my bad pronunciation of Greek. Okay. When I saw the uncreated light, when the light started to fade, I looked around me and it seemed like it was dusk. I thought the sun must have set, but when I looked up, I saw the sun in the middle of the sky. It was the middle of the day in July, but it looked like twilight to me because my eyes were adjusted to another light. So you can see how intense it is. To such a degree had the elder's soul transcended the experience of most others, receiving the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not neither knoweth him. The sins I had committed in ignorance had opened a huge chasm between God and me. Had opened a huge chasm between God and me. The elder's prayer used God's mercy as the raw material to build a bridge across this chasm, a bridge that would allow me to receive the gift of God's love. A great blessing. One afternoon, when I entered the elder's yard, I could smell a fragrance wafting through the air. 
I asked the elder if he was burning any incense and looked around in order to determine where the scent was coming from. But I couldn't see anything. After all, we were outdoors. The elder calmly asked me if I could smell anything. And as I went to sit next to him, I simply responded that I could and that it was, in fact, very powerful. I had grown so accustomed to unusual and inexplicable phenomena taking place at the elder's cell or in his presence that I had come to just take them for granted. He once told me, don't give too much weight to these kinds of things or spend a lot of time investigating them because there's always the danger that the devil's tricking you. If something is from God and you ignore it in order to be spiritually careful, God is so good that he'll find another way to speak to you that's even more obvious. <clears throat> I just want to interject real quick. <laughs> that's really good advice, actually, because, and that's what I, I wanted to say, and the Lord's reminding me right now, he's speaking to me, reminded me of, of something that I thought of this morning. When a good friend of mine had a conversation with me this morning, um, she said, well, the devil and God is the same. I don't know really what she meant by that. I'm sure she didn't mean to say God is the devil or something like that. Uh, but I think a lot of people, it made me wonder, made me think, and I think a lot of people, perhaps not my friend, I'm not accusing her of, of thinking this, but I, I, I do imagine that a lot of people do think that God is kind of like the devil, uh, and the devil and God are the same. But she did say this, so, you know, who do we want to focus on? Do we want to focus on God or the devil? But that is true. But we need we need to have spiritual discernment. So we need to ask God for spiritual discernment. But there is a distinction, huge distinction, between the devil and God. For one, God is, his name is Yeshua, or Jesus, Jesus Christ, that we pray to God through Jesus Christ. We know God through Jesus Christ. We know God because of Jesus Christ. There is no other way to know God. And um, if, there, if, if we claim some other way, it is not the God that Jesus is referring to. It is some other foreign God. It's not the actual true God, the one true God. Because the one true God is only revealed by the Holy Spirit and the Son of God. That is the triune God, the Father, the Son, the, the Holy Spirit. That is the, 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 three, the three persons in one Godhead. That is the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, I think a lot of people think that the devil is God, or that God is the devil, uh, or vice versa. You know, that, so it's not true. It's absolutely not true. It's actually just completely blasphemous 
to think that or to ever, ever even say that. It's completely erroneous and blasphemous. And uh, if you do believe that, you're in danger of, of being... You're already deceived, first of all, greatly deceived. And you're in danger of being uh, deceived even more. I say this really because I'll tell you what. It's easy sometimes when we're in sin to confuse because Satan, the devil, confuses us. He is a spirit that confuses us and makes us think like, oh, the devil, what, the devil's the same as God. Like, because the devil, Satan, he mimics everything. So I'll give you an example. You might... Okay, so the scripture says... Satan appears as an angel of light. The devil appears as an angel of light. So you might think something like... Is good and, you know... You might think it's like... Beautiful and good and righteous and holy and sacred. And you hold it to be sacred. And you even talk to other people about it. And you even, um, <clears throat> you know, you even share in camaraderie with others that you hold something as sacred with others. But it could be very well uh, not sacred at all because it could be completely against the one true God. It could be completely against the truth of God. It could be something that completely contradicts the truth of God as written in Scripture and as we see in the person of Jesus Christ. If it contradicts God's Word, God's message, it is an angel of light. An angel, an angel means a messenger. And all messages that are contrary and contradictory to the Bible, to the scriptures, to Jesus Christ, to what he taught and who he was, is definitely demonic and satanic. It's definitely deception and a lie. So even if it sounds beautiful and sounds like uh, a good you know, thing to to believe, even if it if it sounds like it's wisdom, some kind of wisdom that is, uh, you know, even if it has flowery words to explain this these ideas, any message that is contrary to the scriptures and to the Lord is satanic. It's not. It's a deception. It's a false belief. Um, it's a false practice and it's not actually spiritual at all. It has, it has all of its roots in materialism and in um, deception. So the, these kinds of messages, we have to be careful with what we say, what we teach, what we, um, you know, scripture says that teachers will be judged more harshly. We have to be careful with what we teach, with what we agree with, with what we convey and communicate, 
Because if it's contrary to the truth of God and to the spirit of truth, um, it will have its results. It will, it will result in something evil in our lives, something evil. It may not seem to be evil. It could seem to be like something that's great, that's, that's like good for you. Or that's healthy for the body in some way. That's good. Like that's good to think about, you know. But even though even though Scripture says put your mind on on good things, on you know those things that are beautiful and good and and lovely, it really means that we have to put our our minds on God. We have to put our attention, full attention, on the Lord because God is higher than us. His ways are higher than our ways. So we have to be very careful with what we believe. Um, because there are lots of false messages out there that really pervade our society and dominate uh, the world and the world system and the, the, the way that people think and people live and people feel even their emotions are attached to it so even if it seems to be a good thing we have to be careful like like uh elder paisios is saying in this in this section we have to be careful with all kinds of even supernatural things even paranormal things we can't brush them off as if they're nothing um, because the devil mimics. He mimics, he copies God. He tries to make himself look like God. He's, he's a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. He comes clothed in light and righteousness and goodness. So we have to have discernment. We have to have spiritual discernment to see is this an angelos or messenger from God what is the message we have to test the message test the spirit behind the message is this message in line with God's scripture is this message in line with with the Bible is this message in line with the spirit of truth or is it in line with something contrary or contradictory to the spirit of truth or to the scriptures to the bible you know we have to know we have to be we have to we have to have discernment in order to grow we have to know which is the real light and which is the false light because the false light will will give us something that will not help us grow and the real light will give us eternal life so it's very important. It's very important. It's the of the utmost importance that we weigh things out. We have to read scripture. We have to pray. And we have to ask God in the name of Jesus Christ in order to know that the one true God is communicating with us. And we're not being duped or we're not being deceived by Satan and his messengers. Because they do give their very cunning and they're very crafty in, in developing false messages and making us have false beliefs that we trust in 
and they have it's like building a house on sand it will it will soon enough sink into the water and be destroyed it has no strength it has no foundation and the the only foundation the rock of salvation is Jesus Christ okay so enough of that let's continue on in any event I quickly forgot all about the fragrance as I got involved in an interesting conversation with the elder when I arose to leave I bowed to kiss his hand as is traditional hoping that he would give me one of his spiritual taps on the head to fill my mind and heart with joy and peace and that is precisely what happened as we reached the gate I was again in a spiritual state of watchful inebriation I suddenly wanted to take his hand and kiss it again so I did the elder laughed cheerfully and closed the gate behind me looking down the incline at looking down the incline at me from within his yard he started making jokes about God's pastry shop <clears throat> and in case you don't know the joke the last episode uh, he was he was really craving a certain dessert and then when he got to Father Paisio's house Father Paisios was fooling around with him and he had the dessert for him and he didn't even bother to ask how he made the dessert or how he found out that he wanted the dessert. He just knew that he knew like God had told him and God had made the dessert for him. So that's why Father Paisios is making jokes about God's pastry shop. God has a, a great sense of humor, <laughs> I have to tell you. Okay, if you, in case you don't know. Um, <clears throat> Alright. I felt so joyful that it was even embarrassing. I didn't want to leave his presence. Where else did I have to go? He then placed his hands on my head and momentarily lifted up his eyes to heaven. I was flooded by a spiritual torrent. I felt such a fullness of life and light, of peace and joy, that it took my breath away. Words are insufficient to express what I felt. It was beyond all measurement and comparison. I timidly lifted up my eyes to look at his joyful, yet serious face he reached out his hand to break off a branch from a nearby bush and he gently tapped me on the head with it like the waters of a rushing river waves of grace descended upon me i was in my right mind i was completely aware of my surroundings yet i simultaneously felt intoxicated by the spirit i do not recall leaving the elder's gate but I do remember that I rapidly climbed the path to the monastery of Kotlomosio without stopping for breath. On the way, I took off my sweater, and when I entered the monastery, I was wearing my t-shirt. Although the monks were quite strict when it came to the dress code, 
No one said anything to me. The way they looked at me showed that they were surprised but understood what had happened. Father Athanasios sighed and said, Oh, some people wear themselves out and others receive blessings. I laughed at the kind way he teased me. I laughed at the kind way he teased me. This intense grace remained with me for many days, and for about a month I was in a deep state I was in a state of deep peace, calm, joy, and contentment. People could see a change in my face, in my movements, and in my tone of voice. After about ten days, I went to another monastery, and the moment one of the priest monks there saw me, he called out, There's a very grace-filled visitor! The guardian angel. An angel, then, is a noetic essence in perpetual motion with free will, incorporeal. It is not as they really are that they reveal themselves to the worthy men to whom God wishes them to appear, but in a changed form which the beholders are capable of seeing. St. John of Damascus <clears throat> After much time had passed, I recalled another incident that took place that same day, which I had forgotten about almost as soon as it occurred. As I left the elder's gate, near where the path to his cell passes through the cypress trees, I saw a young man, about 16 or 17 years old, standing about, standing about a, a yard in front of me. He was dressed in a costly robe that resembled a deacon's vestment. He had a beauty about him that was as pure as, flower, as a flower of the field, without any of the provocative or carnal features that are often found in beautiful people. I don't remember how long we spoke or what we said. I only remember that while we spoke, I knew in my soul that he was an angel, my guardian angel. Afterwards, I completely forgot about this meeting. When I did remember that when I did remember what happened much later, I went to the elder and mentioned it to him. He laughed and told me, You were a spiritual baby then, but now that, you've, that you have matured a bit, God's allowed you to remember it. The Elder's Generosity Unfortunately, I was very senseless, and I soon let these precious gifts be stolen. It was as though I had holes in my pockets. Each time I left the holy mountain, I was enticed into sin and wasted the precious gifts that my father had given me, becoming poorer and more wretched than I had been in the beginning. He neither got angry with me nor gave up on me. 
Every time I returned in repentance, he took hold of me, lifted me up, cleaned me off, tended to my wounds, dressed me like a prince, filled my purse with gold, and sent me back again with honors to the world. So many times this lamentable story repeated itself. So many times I behaved without sense or gratitude, and yet he never lessened or limited his spiritual gifts. Okay, I'll pick up again in the next uh, episode. The next section is unconditional love. And it begins with this verse. And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. Uh, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses all knowledge. Which surpasses knowledge. Ephesians 3.19. Ephesians 3.19. I can't emphasize enough how it's important that we read the Bible, that we read Scripture, to know what is God's heart, and what is His truth, and what is His message, and who are His messengers. The Lord has a message for each and every one of us, and it is found in the Bible, in the Christian Bible, the Old Testament and New Testament. And I for sure know that that is the Word of God. And if we pray and ask God to reveal Himself to us and help us understand His Word, He will do it. He will do it. He will do it. And we will see the Lord face to face. This is what it's about. Knowing God and and. Seeing him face to face, we want to see God's face, but we cannot do that unless we seek, we seek out, we seek him thoroughly and deeply and profoundly and seek him sincerely and honestly and diligently with our lives. Seek him out, seek him out. The devil has so many distractions for us. The devil has so many lies and deceptions for us. And that is why Father Paisio made that comment and said, if, if you don't know what, where it's coming from, ask God to speak to you in a different way. And we can, we can ask God to speak to us through the scripture of the Bible. We can ask God to speak to us when we pray. We can ask God to speak to us through nature. We can ask God to speak to us through other people. And we can ask God to speak to us through his angels. And we can ask God to speak to us directly. So, in the love of Jesus Christ, I bid you farewell. Good night. God bless you. And I will leave you with a little bit more of this beautiful chanting. And we'll pick up again in the next episode, Unconditional Love. Continuing the gurus, the young man, and elder Paisios.